Welcome to Future Forward Sales. I'm Lynn Whitbeck, founder and CEO of futureforwardsales.com and Petite to Queen. Our superpower is empowering business owners to transform their sales and grow their business. We work with business owners who reject complacency and focus on innovative thinking to thrive. At the end of the show, in about 20 minutes, I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing sales podcasts. Let's go. Right now, we have Patrick McNulty with us today. Thank you for joining us, Patrick. Thanks, Gabby. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so please just tell us who you are and what your company does. Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm the head of sales and marketing for Aptentive. We are a a software provider of analytics uh, and feedback inside of apps. So think of your favorite app you may have on your phone, be it Starbucks, Dunkin', McDonald's, Mm -hmm. travel, hospitality, a whole slew of companies. We actually help those large brands um, capture emotion and sentiment from their consumers. Okay. So does that go with like the logo you have on the jacket as far as the it, emotion and sentiment? It does. <laughs> yeah. So this is both a heart and, and an A. I was not the um, oh. designer of this many years okay. ago, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it goes perfectly. I'm sure people definitely pair that together. So it's a great little logo, whoever did make that. <laughs> thank you, Gabby. Yeah. Yeah. So please, how did you get into that? What is the story of how you're with that company now? Sure. So my background is interesting. I, I started out of school, actually, even an internship in, when I went to college uh, at an agency. So I've always been fascinated by marketing, advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, and specifically, I, I started off um, selling and kind of being the subject matter expert for mm-hmm. the Yellow Pages at the time. It was still a thing and they were rapidly transitioning into digital. Um, so I got to put my hands on a lot of different products from search marketing, to SEO, video, a whole slew of different advertising products mm-hmm. um, from the sales and marketing side of it. Uh, I then kind of quickly moved into more of the analytics side uh, with some speech analytics and text analytics companies. And so I ended up here as a kind of a natural transition for um there's a lot of companies right now in the feedback and survey space, right. probably some mm-hmm. big names you're probably familiar with, consumer brands like SurveyMonkey, uh, other really large uh, monoliths mm-hmm. like um, Qualtrics or Medallia. Um, okay. So we compete directly with those groups. Um, our angle is quite a bit different, though, and kind of what really piqued my interest the most mm-hmm. is that most of the survey, Gabby, you give to a large brand mm-hmm. goes off into the ether. People don't usually answer it. You kind of say, okay, I'm going to submit this feedback form. Hopefully somebody grabs it. Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll get to a customer service rep. Maybe it won't. I'm going to submit this app store review. I'm going to leave a whatever, right? Like it kind of Mm -hmm. just goes poof. Um, Aptentive's vision is really a voice for every customer. And that means capturing that feedback at the right time with the right question, not interrupting your brand experience, Mm. and then operationalizing that feedback, giving it to the right people so they can do something with it, right? Okay. And that's really the big piece is making sure your voice is heard. And so much of the time, Gabby, you, you, you know, I'm kind of uh, you know, projecting here. <laughs> most consumers don't feel acknowledged. I, I don't know, right. think about the last consumer experience you had and you mm-hmm. gave some feedback or you had an okay experience, but the brand never acknowledged you as a consumer, as a mm-hmm. human, you're lacking that two-way communication. That's really where we come in for, for brands and help them facilitate that. Okay, and is the... Companies, do you think that gap is there because 
they don't have the time to address and actually talk to consumers or that they don't care, or maybe it's a combination. Where do you think that is? I think it's scary. You know, there's an adage, it kind of stems from call centers. Most mm-hmm. of these brands know that a call costs them about $8 or $10 per phone call. Okay. And so they view feedback and customer care as expensive. Mm-hmm. And so they think, wow, I can't, I can't talk to all my customers. I just want to survey like half a percent every mm-hmm. so often. And I'm going to send them an email and ask them a question on a scale of one to 10. How likely are you to refer my product to a family or service? Right. Like, and you're like, a consumer is like, I don't know. What's, what's a six versus an eight? I don't know the right. difference. And so they, there's this entrenched thinking of, statistics, I can sample a population mm-hmm. as well as, man, talking to customers seems expensive. Mm-hmm. So we're really kind of trying to shift that paradigm. And, and we think about talking to uh, the silent majority of customers. Mm-hmm. Consumers are out there having experiences hundreds, thousands times a day, but largely they're not giving brands feedback about that experience. And brands are really lacking out because mm-hmm. um, there is so much more to a consumer than their wallet, than their mm-hmm. credit card. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're really trying to unpack is all these old paradigms of saying, man, I don't want to talk to customers. It's too hard. It's too expensive. I don't have the right technology, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And that's when you all come in. That's (laughs) exactly right. That's when we help out. And it sounds like a great gap that you filled. And so how do you create fresh opportunities to best serve your customers and your clients? Yeah, so um, we we try to listen really. uh, We try to live our own principles. um, Of course by collecting feedback from our brands that we mm-hmm. serve. So we, we work with a couple hundred brands. Um, usually these are large consumer brands. If, if I'm a small B2B business mm-hmm. and I've only got a couple hundred customers, I don't really have this problem because okay. it's a scale problem. If I've got 500,000 consumers, 10 million consumers, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. I have a huge scale problem. Um, so when we think about creating those fresh opportunities and solving new problems and iterating, because um, I've has been around for about 10 years. I've been here for almost three. Okay. So we think about having customer advisory boards. Um, we actually just launched a fresh new program. Um, so it's a kind of a two-part thing. Every new customer that onboards 90 days in, they get a call from my CEO. So I facilitate through my sales team, a meeting of their executive sponsor at that, at that team with my CEO, and they have a kickoff call to understand their onboarding, their pains, the, the solutions we're providing. That then transitions into an executive sponsor program. Mm-hmm. So myself or a member of our leadership team actually try to meet every quarter for at least 30 minutes yeah. with um, both the champion and or the executive sponsor at the brand to okay. ensure, again, so we're collecting feedback from customer advisory boards. We're sending them surveys. We're talking to our customers all the time. And we have these executive connections because a huge p- component of what we do, mm-hmm. listening to feedback from those brands, trying to iterate that into our services or into our product itself. So it's a big thing. And it's pretty fresh because I don't know a lot of brands that take the time to say, I want my head of success, my head of engineering, my VP sales, my CEO, really, my head of my head of product. Right, sit together. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to each take five customers and that's mm-hmm. we're going to just be that executive sponsor for these five brands. Mm-hmm. Every month, we all then get together to talk about our experience exactly. mm-hmm. and make sure that we're okay. Okay, we've got this quantitative data that we're collecting in our product, like the behaviors, what they're doing, mm-hmm. clicking. But then we've also got this qualitative that we can layer over top of it. To, let's validate what we're seeing wow, okay. directly from you know, directly from the mouth of our, our brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And rather than one person or a couple of people trying to analyze everything, you're literally taking the, ex- the experts in each area and say, okay, let's analyze this together so we can actually give all our expertise and have a conversation. That's right. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do. Okay. And so if you just walk me through, what is the process like if there's a company, like you said, a scale company 
that wants to work with you all? How does that work? How is that set up in the process? Yeah, so we get a lot of, um, so we have certainly a, a very small, when I think about the sales and like go to market aspect of our business, mm-hmm. we have a pretty small target list of companies that we want to go after. Okay. Some of the largest media companies, largest travel brands, um, which has been a little suppressed this year with COVID, obviously, mm-hmm. some of the mm-hmm. verticals. Some of the verticals are thriving and mm-hmm. actually starting to see big changes. Um, so how that works is we usually have a pretty prolonged uh, sales process because of the scoping aspect. So much of what we do I work with um, multiple different people from product managers to marketing managers to CX leaders to operations people. Like I think about if I'm trying to go after Burger King and mm-hmm. solve their problems, I actually am, am, am interfacing with five or six different departments to try to collect a bunch of their needs. Because okay. you think about, I'm a Burger King customer. I'm going to order online and then pick up in store at curbside pickup. I've now just crossed from product in the app to marketing to oh probably customer success to probably operations and store management Mm -hmm. in that one consumer experience, I'm interfacing with all of that brand. Mm -hmm. So we actually really heavily, what we call multi-thread in sales terms, which is like, you know, going going and talking to all these different groups to collect their needs, scope Mm -hmm. that end of the process. And then from there, the deployment is actually, it's actually really straightforward. It takes less than a day to get our product inside of a a brand's app, but it's so much of the needs analysis and scoping requirement that we're really careful about planning out how we go help the brand solve those challenges. Because every brand is unique and they all have very nuanced challenges. So we want to make sure we get it right to begin with. Right. And you just mentioned how like consumers can go across just different faces, interfaces. Are consumers even aware of their impact and really like what they're doing with businesses? Do we even really know? Or is it more just the business side knows? You know, I'm of the mindset that the consumer shouldn't need to know. It should okay. be as seamless as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's a great pipe dream and everybody talks it. It is very hard to do mm-hmm. and operationalize. Mm-hmm. I empathize with all the brands we work with because uh, not only on top of consumers crossing multiple channels are these old siloed politics that they have to go fight right. to say, who owns this part of the consumer and when and why? Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see a lot more um, of people putting on the CX hat, consumer experience hat to say okay. everybody owns CX at this company. Mm-hmm. And the really good brands, the ones that do it best are, are getting out of the old politics of, we see a lot still of sales versus marketing mm-hmm. and or product versus marketing at these companies. And what we're really trying to say is like, man, especially in a mobile world where consumers have their devices and they're doing multi-channel shopping experiences, product and marketing and operations and product all need to work together like because mm-hmm. you all are fighting each other right now and right. consumers are consumers are suffering right so yeah it's a it, it's certainly challenging i empathize with them but that's it's a really big boulder to, to move up this this hill is right. seamlessly creating this customer experience just for these brands is not easy absolutely and so how do you continue to leverage the flexibility of like you said kind of being that middleman being the app helping these companies how do you leverage flexibility to think outside the box Flexibility to think outside the box. Um, that's a good one. So, so much of a lot of what we do again is is difficult because we are collecting feedback from consumers, giving it to the brand themselves. The brand still has to make; they still have to do the work. Mm-hmm. They still have to create the new feature to do a buy online, pick up in store. Um, if I'm Kohl's, I have to be able to facilitate buying on a website. 
maybe getting an order confirmation via text, picking it up and logging in the app. And then my back end inventory has to deliver that to the car in the parking lot at the right space. Like, whoa, operationally, that's it's incredible when these brands get it right. And you see the feedback from consumers is glowing and that you just earned a lifetime customer if you've got it. So kind of iterating and creating those experiences for us is really what we help to do is illuminate um, both, I'd say, points of delight and points of friction. And for Aptentive, it's actually really simple. We actually ask a very simple question called the love dialogue. Mm -hmm. And you may have interacted with it, Gabby. It's called, Mm -hmm. you know, in an app, if you see a question that says, do you love X brand or Y experience or this Mm -hmm. app? Yes or no. Mm -hmm. Just the yes or no, the binary response of yes or no. We actually find that that elicits somebody's emotional response. Mm -hmm. If they've just gone through a moment of truth of like a purchase or an experience, we pop that question and then we can plinko them into two buckets. We call them a fan or a risk. If somebody says, yeah, I love that experience or I love your brand. Great. You're a fan. Let's put those people into a bucket and maybe ask them a different question. Then somebody said, no, I didn't love that. I had a bad experience, right? You would treat those incredibly differently in person. Mm -hmm. So why not in the app and why not with technology? So what we do is we help to segment those people, create cohorts and audiences based on their emotional state. And then we surface those insights back to the brand to say, you know what? Um, that person just spent 15 minutes in the curbside pickup line waiting for their food. Right. You better do something about it, mm-hmm. right? Or this person had a fantastic experience. If I'm a retailer, um, target your marketing. So instead of just you know blasting people with with email marketing that's not relevant, you've got a person who said they love this specific experience and there's their product. Let's send them very targeted and personalized messages, right? right? Exactly. So we, so we think about helping them operationalize this. Yeah. We can't do it for them, but we help surface that insight and bubble it up. Right. And to just make them aware of the difference and what, how to go about it. And so a small little question, what do you think is the difference in, like you said, that emotional pull for customers when you say love versus like, or just asking, how was your experience? I just feel like that love has a, just a little bit more pull. What, what do you it, think? It has a little punch to it. Uh, yeah. It doesn't work as well in some uh, cultures. There are mm-hmm. some cultures of that course. the word love doesn't translate or it's mm-hmm. too much. Some brands aren't, aren't really all about using love. They use like. We've seen uh, worse results than when they don't use love. So when you use love, mm-hmm. it's an emotional trigger word. It's a stop right. word to say somebody mm-hmm. like, wow, you either love it or you don't. And the thing about that's curious, so you've probably seen an NPS. It's a scale of one to 10. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen a, a Likert scale on a scale of one to five. Mm-hmm. Um, you may even seeing uh, like, yes, maybe no, scale of one to three. All those scales, I can ride the fence as in I can answer straight down the middle. middle. Mm-hmm. But the purpose of giving somebody uh, an emotional trigger word of love and then making them select either or Mm-hmm. is that I am actually forcing them to reveal their emotion. And I can't sit the fence because the whole point of this question, the whole point of a survey is to ask another question. Mm. There's a follow-up question. If I answer a, fi- a three on a scale of one to five, what do I do with that information as a brand? That person's straight down the middle. I don't know. I've no, I've no. But if they answer a one and a five, wow, I have very discreet actions I can take. So we just force all that, that junk out and say, you know what? It's yes or no. Boom. And then we plinko those people out. And that's, it's actually, I'm I'm glad you picked up on that because that's really where we start everything. Yeah. Cause I know for me, like for someone who wants to, you know, have a business and then for our listeners, I can, I'm just thinking like, that's something a lot of businesses should incorporate. Don't leave it to be people in the middle, be neutral, be discreet. It's like, yes or no. You know, do you love it? Do you love it or do you not? (laughs) 
That's right. And I'll take it a step further. I won't go too into the details, mm-hmm. but you, you'll get what I'm saying. If if I now do the same question and I can identify uh, Gabby, I can identify you mm-hmm. with your user ID. Obviously, you'll be anonymous and it'll be encrypted mm-hmm. and you know HIPAA laws and CCPA, California and privacy and everything. If I can identify it and tie it to a customer ID, if I ask that same question over time, mm-hmm. it's the most intriguing thing is actually how the consumer answers it. And if they have shifted from being what we call mm-hmm. a fan to a risk, that's the most compelling event yeah. because we're working with financial institutions now. The point of no return for a bank is if I pull my checking account, uh, if I sorry, if I pull my direct deposit from mm-hmm. my employer or my check to my checking account, mm-hmm. that bank knows they have lost that customer, right. but it's too late. But imagine if three, four months prior, I had actually assessed that, wow, this cu- customer loved me at once. I asked this love dialogue again. They said, no, right. holy cow, this customer is at risk of churning from my business. Mm. I need to do something to save them before they disconnect their direct deposit and then they churn and I can, I lose them altogether. Right. You catch right? it ahead so, of time by paying attention to that data. That's exactly wow. what we're trying mm-hmm. to surface for these brands to say, we can be way smarter about this and we can have much better experiences and predict what consumers are going to do ahead of time. Wonderful. And so for any of the listeners who want more information about Uptentive and about yourself, where are the best places to go? I'd say our website. I'm super happy. I, you know, marketing reports up to me and I love our marketing team. We have a really amazing site, ton mm-hmm. of knowledge, ton of information. Um, so much of what we do, again, putting on my marketing hat from a business <laughs> perspective, we are super fortunate. I was super fortunate that we've had an amazing content strategy for the past mm-hmm. 10 years. We churn out articles, benchmark reports, how-tos, guides. Um, we give a ton of information. We kind of have the Pareto rule, 80-20. Let's give 80% of our inf- information okay. away mm-hmm. and keep the 20 behind you know, behind uh, the doors. Right. We have to buy it. So you can go to our site, go to our blog. There is so much good information. Um, and I'd say start there because I, you know, I, I know most people now don't want to talk to sales reps. You just want to go learn. And if you're interested, you'll, you, you know, there's a breadcrumb trail. You'll find us. Perfect. And what is the name of that website just for our listeners to know it's, where to go? Yep. It's apptentive. So A-P-P-T-E-N-T-I-V-E.com. Apptentive. Wonderful. Patrick McNulty, thank you so much for your time and sharing all that today. Absolutely. Gabby, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Future Forward Sales. If you are a business owner who rejects complacency and is driven to increase their sales and grow their business and would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit futureforwardsales.com forward slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor? Share this episode on social media, then go ahead and subscribe give us a thumbs up, a rating, or a review. My name is Lynn Whitbeck, and I thank you again for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening.